Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. Go to strengthguild.com, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-G-U-I-L-D.com. Scroll down to the Iron Radio Collections, and we've got new shirts and new banners for you to support the show. Everything from just a regular banner, regular shirt, to ones with sayings on them, like Lonnie's Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree shirt. And some news for you, we're going to have some contests for people who own these shirts and things. So if you support the show, we'll let you more on that later. So if you get in on these early, you can be one of the first people to win some prizes. So, thank you very much. Go check out the site, strengthguild.com. Scroll down to Iron Radio Collections and support the show. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and sports nutrition professor of about 20 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm opening a bottle of Advil right now because I'm a power lifter, and I got a squat this morning, and I'm 44 <laughs> years old, so I hurt all the time. Uh I coach and do some other things like that, too. So. Nice. Uh, this is Dr. Mike Nelson, and owner of Extreme Human Performance, creator of the Flex Diet Cert, uh, associate professor at the Kerrigan Institute, and uh, not using Advil because I'm older but don't squat nearly as much as Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I am Jen Bates. I have suffered under the tutelage of Phil Stevens for the last four years, I want to say. Um, competing in strongman and powerlifting. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fun suffering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I have one little piece of Iron Radio news and uh, mail, a listener mail that I just wanted to mention. It's it's really good one. It's a little uh, lengthy for on air, but I, I pulled out some key points, so I hope that uh, Joe isn't uh, put off by this. Uh, but first, the Iron Radio news. We do have that haiku contest going on on the forums, or you could even send an email through ironradio.org. Um, there's some examples on the forums already. Um, but give it a shot, and you'll win some cool stuff. Pretty, pretty simple, like most of what we do. Send a cool haiku. Uh, we'll pick our favorites, and then you get stuff. <laughs> um, the email that I wanted to touch on from Joe, he says... Uh, Guys, I thought I'd share a recent success I had in the gym and the story of how I got here. Uh, I've had my sights on Phil's 500-pound-for-reps deadlift video for years now. Last mm. week, I was having a good training day working up to my last uh, deadlift set, and I figured I'd go for it. So he said, full disclosure, I was using a hex bar and the high handles that are 13 inches from the ground as opposed to the standard 9. Um as I'm still rehabbing a serious spine injury. And he does explain that later. It is, in fact, serious. Serious. Um, I had visualized the lift repeatedly during my training. I knew I could do it, so I slapped 510 on the bar, cranked up five-finger death punch. Nice. Actually, Mike is the one to turn me on to those guys. Yep. Um, Put in my mouthpiece, chalked up, and crushed my goal, which was 510 for 11 reps. No belt, no straps, just me. I've been utilizing Phil's video as a goal for years, Um, although later he says, uh, I had remembered it incorrectly, and Phil's feat of strength was not 11 reps, but 15. 
said, okay, so I may have two years. Yeah, I didn't do 5'10", though, so he had to up me by 10 pounds. Oh, okay. Well, there so, you go. Um, but... he said, so my goal to do that is by age 50. Uh, right now, let's see, he's 47, strongman competitor. Um, he's a big boy, 5'9", 260. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm a veteran law enforcement officer. Um, he was on SWAT, et cetera. Uh, and again, I'm skipping around here because this is multi-page. Um, a few years ago, I just think he had sort of a epiphany. Thankfully, he said, I have a science background, uh, having earned a chemistry degree. So I started researching everything I could. Um, I came across Iron Radio at the end of 2013, lol. I vetted everything you guys said with PubMed, the NSCA, and I did my own research I soon got to a point where what you guys said was gospel. No need to fact check. <laughs> so that's I appreciate that. So pure faith. Thank you. And again, he tells his story, but obviously you could tell he's strong. He's a large yeah. mammal. Um, and this last tidbit I just wanted to share. He says, um, I'll be coming up on retirement soon. I hope to enter this new phase in my life as a professional strength coach, sharing everything I've learned yes. from you guys. I hope to be at least a tiny fraction of the inspiration you have been to me. If it were not for Iron Radio, my life would have taken a completely different path six years ago. Truly, you have changed my life in ways I can never repay or express. Thanks, Iron Radio. Wow. wow. That's about us. That's that, awesome. That, that's, that may be the best review we've ever gotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you beat that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Well, thank you very much. I, yeah, there's more here, too, but I, I had to share at least excerpts from this awesome story. It's, it's a heroic tale. It really is. Yeah. Um, and that's all I've got. Okay. Well, let's talk to Jen. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, Phil, that's awesome. Look at you impacting lives in a positive way. It's I know. Pressure. I know. That's that's way weird. So it made my whole day here. So I'm going to be glowing, <laughs> glowing for the rest of the day. Um, so basically how we start with everybody. Um, how did you get started in athletics at all? At all. Oh, gosh. Um, from the, the second I was born, probably, I have two older brothers, so um, I was constantly wanting to do whatever they were doing. So always played sports from the second I could get onto any sort of like four-year-old soccer team, five-year-old t-ball team. Um, always been athletic, played soccer and volleyball mainly um, sure. through high school. I am short. I'm five foot four, so college <laughs> sports really wasn't uh, anything I would uh, even think I could do. Um into college, just still playing rec stuff. Oh, sorry, my dog has decided that somebody's uh, at the front door. Um, so mainly rec sports too, but then um, getting into jobs and working. I worked in TV, so you know, going to the gym when I could, trying to learn some basic stuff. And then I ran a marathon. Uh, decided to just go full bore. Had never run a 10k, never run a half. I was like, if I'm not gonna, if I did the half, I would never have done the full. So I was like, fuck it, let's just go do the full thing. Oh um, and that was nine years ago, <laughs> and it sucked so bad. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm never running again. Uh, like most women, I was like, I just want to lose weight. I just want to get skinny. Um, and then the guy I was dating was like, well, do you want to come to the gym with me? I was like, well, yeah, let's try it out. And I was hooked. I have not gone running in nine years um, since that marathon and got into powerlifting, did like heavy strength training for about three Got into competitive powerlifting when I joined Valhalla in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Dal Gaines. Love yeah. Dal. Um, and that's how I found you, Phil, at a competition. And uh, I had hurt my back and 
you were giving me tips on deadlift. And I was like, well, do you want to coach me? And he goes, yeah, sure, I guess. And that's about the most enthusiastic Phil gets with a yes. Um, and then, yeah, so I've been with you ever since and got into Strongman the year after. Um, so I kind of go back and forth, but mainly it's been it's been Strongman lately. Yeah, it's been a lot of Strongman lately. Yeah, loving it. I have a competition yeah. in a little less than a month. So Sweet. Yeah, but you owe me more programming for. Go ahead. I do, I do, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. So before we get into it, we're going to talk about, you know, how how the transition from strongman or powerlifting to strongman happened. But before that, let's get in. I want to get into a question because it's hard to segue without just going into that second part of the show. So, uh, <laughs> Gabby, she's a longtime listener and supporter of the show, has a question. She is five foot and one centimeter. Wow, she's judging every centimeter. That's a good one. <laughs> um, five foot one centimeter, and I weigh 133 pounds. I've been starting to lift heavier. My husband tells me I'm strong for my age, weight, and height. My question is, why don't women ever trust their husband? Like, I can tell my wife she's beautiful. She's like, no, I'm not. You have to say that. Um, my question is, when do you know if you're strong enough? Like, when do you know if you have competitive numbers? I can squat 205 for 10. I can deadlift 215 for 2. I can bench 115 for 10. When, do you, when did you know you had bragging rights and competitive numbers? Um, I never will know that. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking at her question right now on the, on the forum and, uh, read it over a couple times. And, um, it, I think women get very concerned. Uh, I think Phil, you probably noticed this too. And Mike and Lonnie, like women are very, um, like always think we're not good enough. Men have this like amazing cockiness. who can come in and think they're hot shit. And I, I think it's just a personality difference, but for women, we're always concerned that we're not going to look strong enough. We're going to come in and be made fun of or um, anything like that. We don't have the same personality all the time. I, I talk to so many women in strongman who constantly are like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm not strong enough. And I was like, girlfriend, you, you overhead pressed close to 200 pounds. Like that's strong as shit. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we all feel that. I, I think women, especially we refuse to look at it. Like most women, Gabby, and I'll talk straight to her, Gabby, most women cannot do not go into the gym and do what you do. Most women cannot lift a hundred pounds. So you are strong enough. Um, I, I think we have to stop. And I told this actually to, uh, to Gina the other day, Phil, um, mm -hmm. one of your, one of the girls that trains with you, I was like, girl, you got to stop and take a step outside the strength bubble that we live mm -hmm. in and realize that what you do, 97% of the population cannot do. Um, and, and once you start changing your mindset and thinking about it that way, like if mm -hmm. Gabby's thinking of competing, just go compete. You'll meet people. You'll, um, you'll see what other people are doing. You'll see technique and it's not going to be right away. Like I said, I've been training heavy for nine years and I finally feel like I'm getting strong. Um, it, it just takes time and consistency and getting to the gym three to four days a week and getting sleep and drinking water and eating, <laughs> eating good food, yeah. uh, and making that commitment. So, um, I think right now, nine years later, I feel like I have competitive numbers. Um, finally deadlifted over 400 off the ground. I hit 415, um, you know, squatting like 340. So I finally feel like I can have some sort of com competitive numbers, but I'm still never going to be strong enough. And that's kind of, the, that's kind of wow. the messed up part about what we do, right? For a lot never going to be lean enough for us. We're never going to be strong enough, never going to be yep. fast enough. It's, it's that constant reaching for a goal that's never going to happen. So it's a weird mindset to have, but it's fun. 
Yeah. And I agree. Your biggest one for men and women, but women especially, is stepping outside of Gabby, I'm sure, via social media, is part of the strength bubble. So you yeah. see, that's all you see. There are plenty of men walking around this planet that cannot squat 205 for 10. Right. And she doesn't, she's not recognizing that. You know? yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, we got to step outside of that. And yeah. And that. benching 115 for 10, like that's yeah. really strong. Yeah, it is. Holy yeah. crap. For a girl, hell yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, that's really great. Yeah. So, well, let's just move on to the topic, Lonnie, and then uh, we can dig far into that. So. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you know who this is. Uh, so I'm here to tell you about uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson's uh, new book, uh, Why You Should Eat Keto. I don't do it because, I mean, look at me. Come on, I'm fabulous and I'm fantastic. Anyway, you should text uh, Keto ebook all in one word to 44222 to receive your free copy. Do it. Do it now. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. Over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Okay, listeners, after more than a decade of joining us on the podcast airwaves, you can now also become viewers on YouTube. This is not our usual simple backup of the audio show, but rather a growing body of video taste tests covering various foods of interest to nutrition enthusiasts, bodybuilders, and powerlifters. From within YouTube, simply search for Iron Radio Taste Test or Nutrition Radio Taste Test, in about 15 minutes, we cover taste and texture, similar to other products, uh, usefulness to the co-hosts, and whether we would recommend the product to certain clients. You may even want to watch our podcast feed or Facebook group for which products are coming down the pike so you can taste test them with us. Join us for this new monthly project. fix of iron radio in addition to being a popular institute on itunes we are also on email simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email you'll get a once per week email no more that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio so go for it <laughs> Okay, everybody, we're back. We have myself, Lonnie, Mike, and Jen Bates. We are going to start off this second part of the interview with, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the carryover uh, when you made the switch from powerlifting to strongman. Like, what did carryover and what was, like, lacking? <laughs> um, well, my overhead press will always lack, I think. I think every yeah. person, like, be, like, just hates their overhead press. But 
um, deadlifting is hands down the thing that carried over the most. Um, not just for the strength portion of it. I'm talking for grip, um, deadlifting heavy without straps for so long doing powerlifting, um, has given me a distinct advantage, um, in, in strongman. Uh, a lot of times I don't use straps. If there's a deadlift bar and that that's part of the event, I, I don't want to use straps cause I'm better without them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a really big difference. It's interesting when you look at, uh, there's been a really cool shift seeing of women coming over from CrossFit as well as women coming over from powerlifting. Um, and the women who come over from CrossFit, uh, are, you know, they've trained more of the Olympic lifts all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be much stronger at the cleans, a continental clean, log clean and press. Um, and honestly, carries. Um, they, they, I don't know why it is, but man, they are really, really strong at the carry events like sandbags, uh, Husafel Stone, which is the single worst event ever. I can't stand it. Um, Conan's Wheel, something like that. The front carries. Women who come over from CrossFit are really strong at that, but they suck at deadlift. Um, and so vice versa for powerlifting women who come over from that, I've noticed, um, just crush deadlifts, farmer carries. Um, I think even yoke, uh, when you think about it, it's just like a pick for a squat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a distinct advantage there for women who squat heavy regularly back squat heavy regularly. Um, but yeah, I think those deadlift is, is just hands down the best, even when it comes to, um, picking kegs. I love loading events, uh, kegs and stones. I really, really like those. Um, and again, that's the hip thrust from, you know, a deadlift, like hitting that mm-hmm. strong hip strength to get it up there. Some of that's a little bit of um, Olympic lifting, but uh, front squats too. I think front squats translate really, really well to a lot of uh, strongman events. So that's where I would say, uh, yeah. but especially the grip with deadlifts, like being able to hold something at the top and not having that slip, even without straps is, is yeah. pretty great. Well, and I could see, and one thing we had to work on was just getting the motor. Mm-hmm. You know, comparatively to, to yes power. and the, the crossfit people have that you right know, they're lacking anything it's usually like you said the, the grip strength so yeah and that's the the motor part people forget that like you it's not just when you look at the the greats like a brian shaw or something like that they're not just strong they yeah. can move and yeah. so that's why part of my my the gaining weight for me has been interesting because i sit around 170 um, the middleweight women class and strongman corp is 180 and below. But if I get too heavy, like even up to one, like 176, my body hasn't recomped to that yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as athletic. I can't move as much. My belt fits differently. So I can't hold things in the right place when you're trying to get fast. Yeah. Um, so carrying a freaking Husabel stone that's 225 pounds, your hamstrings and your butt are going to give out first and you can't breathe. Yeah. So. Um, and then, so basically what we did for people, we can kind of push into what did yeah. we have you do to bring your motor up? Do you remember? Uh, um, a lot of bear complexes for five. <laughs> uh, every time it's like I would I, I still have these cardio moments in my programming. It'd be like once or twice a week um, after a couple different like you'd have me squat a little bit or, you know, deadlift a few times. And then like the fourth thing on the list was, OK, sit on the rower for eight minutes at a consistent <laughs> speed or. The simply awful, which is the one lunge on each leg, one sit up, one push up for 10 minutes, which you yeah. think is like, okay, that's fine. No, you fucking hate life after four <laughs> minutes. And then, um, and then also the, um, ground to overhead and sit ups, but yeah. it's, you know, five ground to overhead or, and then like six push presses and then six sit ups. But again, it's for like eight to 10 minutes and 85 pounds, which is not heavy, but 
all that stuff repeatedly is just, um, it sucks. And then probably the single worst medley I think you ever made me do. Um, God, what was it? It had burpees. I think it was like keg carries with burpees um, at 50 feet. And I was cussing up a storm while I was doing it. But what's funny is I had a couple girl. I posted it on Instagram. A couple girlfriends from Strongman were like, "That looks terrible. I can't wait to try it." <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so I had a couple of my uh, couple girlfriends I had competed with um, from across the country were like, "I'm doing that. I'm doing that." And it's um, there is this just sick masochistic feel of like, "Yeah, let's let's do that." But any it, what I love about what you do with cardio, Phil, is that it's not. Um, you know, don't go run for 30 minutes. Like what, what is that doing? You are incorporating the weightlifting and the motions, um, but eight to 10 minutes, because what I'm doing is not running for 30 minutes in a competition. It's going to be 30 seconds, but, um, making, making it work like that, but it gets my heart rate up for sure. And I, I not a fan of you in the moment, but come (laughs) come competition day, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, Phil, we did it. Yeah. And well, I mean, I think the, the resounding thing too is, you know, well, it's keeping it from being boring Yeah. by kind of changing it up, but you don't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be super complicated right? and, and dangerous. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you see a lot of that stuff and it's like, people just get way out the wall and it's like, well, man, come five minutes. That's going to get sketchy. Yeah. Uh, well, and just, also, like you said, it doesn't have to be complicated. No. I, I think people really think way too much anymore. It's, you know, it's the Instagram lifestyle of look at this cool shit I did. I'm like, yeah, I'm accomplishing the same thing. It just doesn't look nearly as cool and I'm still going to beat your ass. So yeah. it, it, I think it's people want to overcomplicate because they think it's them showing something new when really all we're doing is the same motions over and over again right. um, consistently every like three or four days a week for 10 years and i can coming at it from a coaching aspect um there are many times where i'm like i'll just have her do fucking simper horrible every day (laughs) 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 because i know it's effective but the only reason i changed that is because if i did that you would just be pissed and bored and hate me Mm-hmm. So a that's lot why of you incorporate times, the felchmonger exactly and things awful. like that. So I mean, basically, you know, a lot of it is just changing simple moves for variety and to keep the athlete interested. Um, even though it would be just as effective to to potentially do the same thing every day as far as mm-hmm. condition. But holy shit, you know, if you had to do that, like, you'd have been like, I'm done, dude. I'm I'm moving. On. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, uh, I think it's it's just fun too because it's like you can you do bring it back every once in a while, like a similar yes. thing. Like the eight minute row, I've done a couple weeks in a row now, but yeah. I was better the second time around, and I was like, cool, I can see well, improvement exactly. in this. And so now I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I'm gonna beat my time. I'm gonna get this, you know, six rounds done in like eight minutes instead of twelve minutes. And yes. it's like it's kind of a CrossFit thing, but I dig it. Yeah, it is. Oh, and that's the same thing with redoing. Like, yeah, okay, two months from now, we're going to redo that. And I did mm-hmm. 17 rounds instead of 15. Hey, I'm better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, grip strength. That's a big one. You brought that one up. And God, there's so many arguments in Strongman about that. And <laughs> right? I don't know why. How are there people... arguments about it? <laughs> Deadlifting, because I don't there's, know. Recently. It's, it's, yeah, it's been weird recently. People are like, you like, oh, how do you train grip strength? It's all on how you train. I'm like, well, just fucking yeah. pick up some heavy shit. Yeah, I like there are very heated arguments about you're not a you're not a goddamn strongman unless you strap up for deadlift. Why don't you just pick what? the fucking thing up? You're literally yeah. gonna help your grip. 
Yeah. And deadlift at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I mean, I've been into some like I just had to step away from social media because wow. the, like literally like trying to get people to explain how picking a heavy bar up with your bare hands could not benefit your grip. Like, yeah, explain <laughs> that to me because I'm not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> like and, the uh, one the one caveat could be um overtraining your grip right yes. so like there it's are a, days where my arms are tired and i'm just like you know what on these bent rows which you yes. pro- program me like 135 or something by 25 yeah. i'm like i'll put straps on for that it's not going to yes. change yeah. anything i'm not training my grip on this but on a deadlift like just fucking pick it up yes no i like, agree and uh but that was a big one for me when i See, I did the opposite. I started in a strongman and moved to powerlifting. <laughs> and, uh, I overtrained my grip, just like Jen was just talking mm-hmm. about. So I was going, and basically I was a purist, and I was doing everything with no straps. This was back when strongman was like, uh, we drove Fred Flintstone cars and stuff. So this was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we did strongman. The Cretaceous there were no, period. There were no bars <laughs> and plates. So all there was was strongman. Um the power rack hadn't been invented yet. Uh, <laughs> born everything. But uh, <laughs> I had to, exactly. double windmill. The double windmill was one hundred percent Phil's specialty. Yeah, I had to. I had to figure out that okay, I need to use straps on some things because my hands were never recovering. My hands and forearms were just shot, and so I did. I started using some straps on like assistance work and things like that, and uh, my grip went back up just because it got recovered. Um. So uh, that's a, that's a weird one, but it's it's interesting that you think the the powerlifting really aided in your grip. Let's talk about the increasing prevalence of women in strongman. I'm going off your oh. your, your oh, notes. Oh yeah, my notes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen well, this in all sports, but now you're seeing a big push in. <clears throat> like powerlifting saw its push probably five years ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's just stayed up, and now we're seeing this this increase in women in strongman. It's really cool. So um, I live in the Charlotte area and I moved here uh, two and a half years ago and I did a, a competition um, at one of the gyms here and there were three total women. Three. I mean, that sucks. And because we're two of us were middleweight, the poor other girl was a novice novice and she had to compete with our weights. Um, so that that sucked for her. But, you know, I just went to one in Alabama where there were six of us in the middleweight women's class and the, all the classes were filled out. Um, and so that's a really cool thing to start seeing. I, I think there's a lot more, um, there are a lot more middleweight and lightweight women, um, as you might expect heavyweight women, I think, um, are still, there's a really strong ass women like the Donna Moores of the world, Hannah Lindsay's and Jessica Fithin. Um, so there's getting to be more of the heavyweight women. Um, but in middleweight and lightweight, it's crazy how many more women are getting into it and masters women too. Um, so that's, that's a really nice thing to see, but actually at that event in Alabama, what was cool is, uh, Lauren Wells, she's on Instagram as chonky and strong. And I just adore her. I think she's wonderful. Um, she competed cause she was the only heavyweight woman. She competed lightweight men's novice and took third place and won badass. stones. Like wow. she's a, I mean, <laughs> she's a total freaking badass, right? But she started a women of Strongman Facebook group, um, and it has it's it's blown up. So you have a lot of women like Gabby asking the question on that forum. Uh, there's uh, you know hundreds of her inside this group and women getting started. And a lot of it's just unsure. Again, like I don't know if I'm strong enough. It's that same sentiment. And it's like, man, just go compete. Go compete. You'll make. It, I have so many friends 
from strongman that I'm like, Hey, you want to come up and train with me? I'm going to come down and train with you. Um, it's a, it's a really great thing to see. Um, and, but as you know, you get more women in there, it gets a ton more competitive. Um, the local competitions are fun. Um, it's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting take because women compare each other and men do it too. You compare yourself to who you want to be. And it's like, wow, I can't, I can't ever get there. Um, but there are some freaks, there are some freaks out there who are insanely strong and it's fun to watch, um, women finally getting a little bit more attention for that and not being afraid to be bigger, not being afraid to, um, you know, be strong about it and, and, you know, being a little bit more intimidating or out there or just saying, Hey, screw you. I'm strong too. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, or where do you think that the, uh, increase is coming from? Um, I think, you know what? Good question. Probably. And I, as much as I hate social media, I think social media, yeah. I think that's part of it. You're seeing more women, um, kind of, owning that i think that yeah you know what i got cellulite on my legs but i'm wearing the short shorts and i'm picking up a freaking 200 some pound stone so f that cellulite on my legs so it's more <laughs> it's somewhat of a it's somewhat of a female empowerment thing um that women are kind of finding more and more like oh i can i can do this this is this is something that makes me feel confident this is something that i i'm strong with this and um you know, all these Fitspo inspirations. It's like this progression, right? You see women go from, oh, I'm going to start doing lunges and lift weights because that's becoming more of a Fitspo type of thing, right? And then they realize, oh, I want to lift heavier things. Where do I go for that? And then they see women on social doing powerlifting or um, it's in a way becoming a little bit more mainstream for women to squat heavy and, you know, big butts are a thing. And, oh, guess how you get a big butt? You squat. Um, and so I think that's an interesting little change of more women just figuring it out and being exposed to it more and saying and seeing that it's an option. Yeah. Gotcha. Here's I'm, I'm coming at you with one of those pull something out of my yes. ass. Thing. Um, one of the reasons I left strongman, and, uh, aside from the fact I did the powerlifting meet and I won worlds at my first competition and I loved it. Oh um, my God. You were <laughs> insufferable. <laughs> um, no, one of the reasons I left Strongman was because Strongman seems to, due to the fact that, like in powerlifting, you get three attempts, you call your own weight, you win or you lose. In Strongman, there are set weights for weight classes usually mm -hmm. on, on many events. And like, you have to do this. Everybody does this weight. And it was getting to the point when I quit Strongman that, like, as a middleweight competitor, whatever the hell I was, uh, I was under... I would have been lightweight at that time because there was only two different classes. Um, so under 231 or whatever it was. Uh, like, we had to pick up 700-pound farmers. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I was pissed. Like, I could do it because I was a big deadlifter. But it got to the point where I was pissed off because, like, the, the, the shows were getting smaller because they just the weights were so fucking heavy people couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or or it demanded literally it demanded at the amateur level that you were on lots of drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that yeah. pissed me off. Uh, and it's not even the drug use thing. It's just demanding to enter this sport to even try. You need to be a fucking freak. You know? And yep. we're starting to see things. I know we were talking about the other day where the loads are going way up on some of the women's stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And it seems to come in cycles like that. Strong man will cycle up and heavy, 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 heavy. And then there gets enough people bitching about it that it drops back down and then it cruises back up. Uh, yeah. Well, women's women's nationals uh, coming up, like a couple of my girlfriends competing in that. Um, 
the log clean and press for reps for women, middleweight women, which is 180 and below, is 205. Wow. Like, that's, that is insane to me. Yeah. Um, all of us girls are like, well, I guess we'll just zero that event. You know, like a lot of us are like that. So I can, there is actually a really interesting discussion in our, our the women of strongman group the other day about, um, about drugs and yeah. about, you know, we had a really open and honest conversation about it because it is to that point where you're like, as a natural female athlete, it's, it is difficult. Um, however, you know, when you think about it, I don't, I always like to say most of your, most of your professional athlete like idols are on something. Yes. Whether it's legal or not. That's professional. (laughs) Right. Professional. Right. But you go to a baseball game, you go to a football game to see the freaks. Um, Strongman still hasn't figured out that balance yet of like going to a minor league game, for example, like the amateur stuff. Right. Um, But you go to a, you go to those events to see a freak. Um, And there are plenty of freaks who are still natural athletes, which I want to give them credit for that. But, um, yeah, the weights are insane. So my, my competition next month, um, the, the ascending lever deadlift, uh, is six lifts, but it goes up to 490. Yeah. Um, that's not light. And this is, you can, I think you can wear a brief, but I, I briefs, I've never done that. But, um, you know, I, I went up to 445 the other day and I was like, okay, cool. I think, I think I could add 45 pounds to this maybe. Um, but they specifically are setting it. So people, um, don't finish it. You know, and it, it, those weights are just going to get heavier. So that is a big barrier to entry. You have women who come in that um, and strongman, you got to expect to zero at some point, just like in powerlifting, you do it long enough. You're going to bomb out at some point. That's... Um, but again, like you mentioned, Phil, you can set your own. You set your own. Yeah. And that's the problem I see is that's easy to chew on. Like zeroing an event is easy to chew on when you've done it, when you've competed mm-hmm. before. If you're new. And like I'm gonna do my first competition, and I'm gonna fucking suck, and I'm not mm-hmm. even gonna do the event. That's hard to chew. At least in part, like I know, like if you zero in powerlifting, it's your coach's fault or your fault. Yeah. Generally, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like much. these people are coming in for a first time, like oh, they're just they're screwing me. I can't even do it. Oh yeah, I'll sign up. I'll give you my fifty bucks to let me yeah. fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it is disheartening. It is disheartening. It is. And I, so, I mean, even me, like, you know, the axle ladder goes up to 160. I, I hit 170 a couple months ago for the first time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's like, okay, shoot. Okay. But that's, that's the level now. Yeah. Um, it, and it is, I, I think the strongman. it's funny because both powerlifting and strongman bitch about how we can't get an audience or why aren't we getting like the attention that CrossFit did. And yeah. it's like, well, your barrier to entry is pretty high and yeah. not to mention it's expensive as shit to do what we do. Yes. Like not just paying for entry fees, but it's paying for, you know, your lifter lifting shoes that are one to $200. It's the belt. That's one to $200, the multiple belts in strongman. Yeah. Um, it's not just one. I have a soft belt. I have a lever belt. I have elbow sleeves, knee sleeves, wrist wraps, you know, a grip shirt, uh, all these different things that go along with it. So the barrier entry cost wise and then also weight wise is getting pretty difficult. Um, It's heavy shit. man. (laughs) It's it's not light. So it is. Thankfully, they still have the novice classes where you can get into a couple of those and at least get accustomed to it. Um, but if you don't have any sort of strength background going in and you're just starting like year one of strength training, it's really difficult. And that's where I never understood as a promoter. 
the beautiful thing about strongman as a promoter is you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't understand why. Like generally, when I throw a strongman meet, if it's a set weight, I'm gonna do it at a load that okay, pretty much everybody can do this. We're gonna see who can do it more times or faster. And then, the, like they can literally pick max events, just like powerlifting, where you get yeah. four shots, you get six shots, however many. Or, you know, you go until you miss. Um, enter wherever you want. It just, making simple choices like that as a promoter could just get you more people. Yeah. Nobody um, wants I, to enter competition you can zero at. You're just going to zero at. Exactly. Like, I, the one in August was really fun, but, you know, it was definitely heavy. I think it was Farmers and Frame. So it was a medley. So carry Farmers down and Frame back. And it was 175 each hand on Farmers for middleweight women and then 370 on the Frame. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't easy. A couple women, you know, did, I, I didn't finish it because my hand tore open, <laughs> which sucked. But, um, you know, that's that's a good I think that was like a good weight. Yeah. Like that's actually decent. You know, it's under 400 for the carries. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's pretty decent. So I thought, you know, the weights there were pretty good. But for nationals, anything competitively, if you want to get your pro card as a female now, um, it's almost I, actually I would say it's it's you need to have a separate advantage um probably using drugs somehow let's talk about the drama in the weight classes right now oh this is a fun one this was this caused a stir recently (laughs) actually um so they they strongman corp so for people who don't know there's two different ones uh united states strongman and the strongman corp united states strongman women's class is like 165 and below for middleweight um for strongman corp it's 180 and below down to i think 140 um, and so that's a 40 pounds. That's a, it's a big jump, right? So now they've la- at nationals. I didn't know this last year. Um, my girlfriends that went, uh, they have a 160. You could compete 160 down to 140. So they split middleweight. Um, gotcha. And now they've officially done it, which sucks because there's this distinct difference for women who are the heavyweight classes. So I think a really good example is if you look at Olympic weightlifting with Sarah Robles, who mm-hmm. is incredible, but she weighs like what, 270? Yeah, something like that. And she's got to compete, you know, against women who are 215. Yeah. Right? Like that, there's no separation in the, the women's weight classes like there is for men. Yes. Um, and strongman is going to be a little bit different, obviously. I think there's still like the middleweight, like 220, 230, something like that. But I think there's, there's a really odd um, discrepancy because women are getting bigger. It's not like we're getting fatter. I don't want to say Uh that it's, you know, my body's recomp to 170 and I'm still not a big person. Um, I'm 20 pounds different than I was when I started powerlifting and it's, I I don't really look any different. Um, so that there's a little bit of drama there of like, well, when are you going to separate the weight classes for the heavyweight women? And then it's, well, the strongest woman should just be the strongest woman, right? Like if a person at 170 can't lift what somebody at 270 can, that doesn't matter. The woman at 270 is the strongest, the Donna Moores of the world, yeah. um, who are you know, well over 200 pounds. So there's, you'd look, you'd look good at 270. I mean, I think I could add on a hundred pounds real quick, <laughs> uh, using the Phil Stevens weight gain method of yeah. just eat whatever's in front of you. Um, seafood diet. <laughs> exactly exactly but your agility um, and movement would be through the roof you would be I like oh. right but i think oh. this is another problem with strength sports right like we're bitching and moaning about the wrong things yeah don't you think like yeah. i just feel like that's so like whatever just go lift the weights like let's just have it, it's a very strange like 
I don't know, system of, yeah, of course, Jessica Fitton is going to be the strongest because she's a big woman and she can press well over 200 pounds and she's strong as shit and she's awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm not going to compete with her. And that's fine. Where, I, I don't understand this it? equality type of thing. I don't, I don't get it. Well, yeah. And it's the realization that everybody has this. They act like, well, I should be pro, too. Well, no, you should probably <laughs> be in the 1% to be a pro. Mm-hmm. Like, but what is the, I don't even know at the pro level. What are the weight classes for women? Are there just two like men? Uh, yeah, I'd have to, I would have to look it up and, and be like 100% sure. But, um, yeah, it's not that much of a difference. Um, like I said, for, for women, it's just a woman at two, you know, th- that's where the, the big question comes in. Everybody's like, it doesn't matter. That yeah. should not matter. Can you lift the weight or not? And I'm, I'm kind of in that camp. Yeah. Because, you know, it's on local competition, sure, that's fine to make it a little bit more even, but it's not about being even. It, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to call myself at 170 if I lift more than anybody else, the strongest woman. Yes. Right. I, I, you know, it, I, I lifted my weight class and you lifted yours, but you lifted 100 pounds more than me. But we're both America's strongest woman. That doesn't yes. work. Yeah. That does not work in my mind. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just, again, we're, we're complaining about the wrong things. And so it's, it's like just fodder. Yeah, and that's. But I mean, like for men, when I was doing it, and I think it still is, it was two thirty under two thirty one. You were lightweight as a mm-hmm. pro, over two thirty one. So basically, I could be two thirty seven, and guess what? You're going against Brian Shaw on the half floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm oh, six I... foot two thirty seven. Oh fuck, yeah. great. Okay, but I mean, that's just the nature of the game. You can't bitch about that. That's the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be like me. It's. It's not fair. I wanted to be a defensive lineman, but I'm only six foot two fifty. I mm-hmm. need to be six eight, three ninety. You know, sorry, bro, you weren't born yeah. for it. Right. <laughs> so, so women's women's open is anything over one eighty. So I mean, that's a low weight yeah. class now for women because women are you know the heavyweight women are usually well over two hundred. I mean, yeah. but they're also six feet tall, five ten, something like that. And I'm not that. And I have accepted long ago. I'm not going to beat them. And that's fine. Cause this is, I, I think people get caught up too. And like, this doesn't pay my bills. This is was supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be at the amateur level and like people going to nationals. This is supposed to be something fun for people. And so that's where, again, the balance comes in. Like I love the pro-am stuff. I love seeing those competitions. They had the one in Kentucky recently. Um, but you know, I, I think people really take it so, um, to take it so seriously when this is supposed to be something fun and the social media play a big part in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. People want to credit for something that they do that. I'm like, yeah, everybody can do that. <laughs> it's like, it's like putting up a state record. It's like, congratulations. No one cares. Yeah, I'm going uh, to throw you under the bus in the strongman community. Oh, please okay. do. There Go is there. I have seen a big, a lot of people harping recently about world's strongest man. Uh-huh. And why do only the heavyweights get covered? You know, they're they're bitching because there is no like world's lightest strong man <laughs> on ESPN. <laughs> um, strong man. Where do you stand on this? I mean, they're just like, I don't understand why you can't cover both and figure out a way to do it. And in my mind, it's like you already said it. Yeah. Because the um, freaks pay the bills. The freaks people pay the bills. Want, yeah, people want to. People don't want to see Johnny two twenty lift half of what Half Thor can. 
mm-hmm. on ESPN. And just because he's <laughs> 220 and it's like his Wilkes is higher, you know, it's like the yeah. powerlifting mm-hmm. thing. It's like, no, yeah. I, I, I do not care about that. Can you tell me who won the double A major league baseball championships? No. You know why? Cause no one gives a shit because it's not the world series. It's, a- you know, that that's the base most basic reason why no one cares about that people want to know who won the stanley cup they don't give a shit about you know the the farm league stuff and it's very difficult for people to admit that when they're in these you know amateur competitions and thinking they're doing some great shit i'm like yeah but um, humans in general i think have this issue right of seeing themselves as way better than they actually are um and, and thinking what they're doing is the only thing that matters. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's the, that's the same type of thing. I just, I, you can have your competition. I'm just not going to cover it. What, and it's, I come from the TV world too. So understanding ratings and understanding what people actually want to see, um, you know, maybe it, it, there could be something as like, Hey, look, this is really cool because you understand X, Y, and Z and why this weight coefficient makes it better than this lift, but no one cares. Yeah. No one really, no one gives a shit. The population doesn't understand that. Right. More than 90%. Um, That's just like, I mean, uh, like I'm, I like boxing. I rarely watch it. But one thing that would get me to watch it would be, hey, there's a new heavyweight champion fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tune into the heavyweight. You know, not, hey, flyweights are up for a new, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I don't even know who that is. And it's just the nature of the beast. It's just people. They want to see big. They want to see the biggest, strongest, baddest do it. Mm-hmm. You know exactly, exactly. They don't under. And it's. I think too. There's a. There's a degree of, with strongman, with powerlifting, with all this stuff. Um, you don't compete in this usually. I mean, high schoolers are doing powerlifting a little bit more, but typically you don't have people in high school competing in powerlifting and strongman, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And this is my same argument of why the NHL doesn't do well in the United States. It's because you can't look at the NHL and be like, oh, yeah, I played backyard hockey with that guy in fucking Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. Um, you can for golf. You can for football. You can for baseball. Like, oh, I played against that guy. I, I could be on his level. Um, you know, there's there's that type of comparison for this. It's like, hey, man, I had a buddy who benched 500 in, in high school. It's fine. Yeah. Like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so there's no way to sit there and compare like, yeah, I competed against Brian Shaw in power stairs when we were as sophomores in high school. Um, so I have a, you know, an, uh, an interest in this because of that. We're still such a niche community and it's really tough for people to understand that. Lonnie, Mike, you got anything? Yeah, I just had a comment about the novice thing. Even when I did a strongman competition many years ago. I actually put off doing it for a long time because even at the novice local level, I was like, well, shit, I, I'd zero that event, zero that event, <laughs> zero that event. <laughs> and I'm right? like, why do I want to pay and do this in front of a bunch of people again? You know? <laughs> and then I eventually just said, well, screw it. I'm just going to sign up. And they didn't announce the events uh, for real until six weeks out. And I mean, even then, like the frame carry, I think was, 475 Damn. and of course they wheel in this brand new frame no straps they had just gloss painted like chalk doesn't stick to it at all oh. and you're the novice and so they're like okay all right you get warm up like all right certain monitors over there just throw a bunch of weight on it like literally 60 seconds later they're like you guys ready i'm like Fuck, i don't even know if i can pick this thing up once much less walk with it <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, that still happens quite a bit. Like the yeah. weights for I watch novice like <laughs> poor novice men. Like seriously, their their weights are really out of control sometimes. Like I watch people try to pick up a Conan's wheel and move it half an inch, and they're like, yeah, yeah I can't do this because it was five something, like five seventy. And I'm thinking this this is a like Phil said, this is a novice event. Like by definition, even if you win, you don't win. It's it's a novice deficient. <laughs> it's just to get people in the sport to do it. I'm like, you can do like a lighter weight and just do it for reps. You'll still know who won, you know, but like the for rep stuff, I was like hoping I can get one rep, not twelve. <laughs> <laughs> It is. That's a huge barrier to entry for a lot of people. And I think women are starting to feel that a lot more, too. It's like you want more oh, I'm sure. women. You want more women in the sport. But it's like, man, that's that's an intimidating number to see it. Even me looking at stones, I'll, I'll look at Phil and send him events. I'm like, fuck, that looks heavy. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, damn, I finally I mean, I finally got a 200 plus pound stone not too long ago. And it's like, nice. cool, great. Now I have to do that for reps. And it's at this next competition. It's a three stone medley. So heavy, like light stone a high platform and then a medium stone and then the heavy stone over the bar for reps in a minute and it's like shit that's heavy yeah. I, I can probably get that one to two times um so it's yeah it's 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 just a lot it's it's very heavy and i don't know how to you know i don't know how to alleviate it because you still want to see good competition but yeah. if you, there's numbers whittling down then what are you actually doing yeah. yeah and it was the same discussion back then like some of the more you know high level people i knew their complaint was they thought the 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 weights for even the novice competition we did were too light. And I'm like thinking it's also a novice competition, so there's no weight class. You know, I was like two forty five at the time competing against guys who are anywhere from one seventy to like two eighty five. Which is fine. I get it. It's a novice competition, but it, it was just odd because at some point you know you have to get more people involved in the sport if you want it to stay around, especially on a small local level, too. So, mm -hmm. And you know what's, um, what I mentioned, too, with the one competition, the first one I did here in Charlotte, uh, for women, the danger is condensing weight classes. So mm -hmm. if you have uh, not enough women competing. Yeah, I push them together. Yeah, and so that's why Lauren, last August, competed with the um, lightweight novice men because her coming down to a middleweight, like, that would, we would have, never had a chance yeah never had a chance yeah. and so there's you know there, there's that danger too if you don't have enough people it's making them all lift the same stuff and it, it we're not all on that same level so yeah. you know it's it's the constant struggle of strength sports right like how do we get more people involved but also keep it interesting yeah, yeah. And i think do it kind of like what phil said too just have it be more escalating meaning that yeah if you're at the top and you're a professional then the weights are going to be crazy and you need to worry about tv ratings and everything else but you know kind of in between i think is where it gets super messy because people who do the sport want to see a progression but if you get too crazy then it's not going to make a whole lot of sense either so mm -hmm. Yeah, constant battle of strength sports. Yep. <laughs> That's what makes it fun, right? We got to have drama somehow. Or oh, else, yeah. What would we have to talk about? Yeah. One last thing. Let's just go with like your top few tips for somebody that's getting started. What are the top few things they just should do? Oh, gosh. Um, get a coach. Number one, seriously, get a coach. Preferably somebody who can watch you at first. Like you can, mm -hmm. I know there's a big prevalence of online coaching now, and there's some really great online coaches, and it's easy to send videos. But having somebody actually sit there and be able to watch you while you're squatting, while you're deadlifting, while you're especially while you're training stones, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, those type of things, get a coach who can sit there and who is experienced because that, um, that will make a huge difference. Um, consistency, like this is not understand that you have got to start being consistent about everything. Um, if I have a heavy lift day coming up, like on Friday nights, um, I love what I do, right? I love my job. I love what I do with strength sports. Um, and so I'm, I make sacrifices regularly because I want to be good. Um, so Friday nights I stay in, I don't go out and do anything. I don't drink, um, maybe once or twice a week potentially. And it's like one drink to, <laughs> to calm me down. Um, so I don't really drink the night before I have to do a heavy lift ever. Um, I don't go out. I go to bed at nine 30. I'm up at seven, um, to get a couple meals in before I go to the gym. Um, and 95% of the time I'm eating properly. Um, I drink a shit ton of water. I, you know, it's, it's all the little things, but built up over years. So keep your expectations appropriate. Like you're not, you'll make big strength jumps early on, but then they're going to come as smaller mm-hmm. increments. It's, you're going to have to celebrate adding a, a penny to a lift, right? You're going to have to celebrate adding 10 pounds to something or the same weight, but doing two more reps of it. Uh, you have to learn how to celebrate those and it's just consistency. Phil, I mean, how long I've been with you four years yep. and it's, and it's, it is about three to four days in the gym a week, yep. making sure I recover, making sure I'm sleeping and I'm eating right. And it's boring as shit. Like Wendler's, <laughs> Wendler's program, Wendler's program, boring, but big. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Understand yeah. that this is not, you're probably, and also understanding 99.9% of us are not going to be the freak. You're not yeah. going to be the freak, but you can be strong as shit and be competitive. And if you want to do this long term, just be consistent and, and understand that you got to be patient. Yeah. And it's, but it's the worth funny it. thing is, is that Jen doesn't ever want to run a marathon again, but she's kind of running a marathon. She, you've been running a four year marathon of strong men. that is true though man but it's it's fun seeing the progress (laughs) though like it's it's really and you're you're probably gonna hurt yourself at some point you try not to but it's gonna happen um and and it's just to have fun with it remember that this is not what pays your bills this is not you know this should not come before your family or other things like that you should eat cake when you have cake in front of you like don't be so like (laughs) uh don't be so serious about it. And, um, but also like lean into the community. Uh, one thing that strength sports, I really love about it is especially for women. Um, it is an extremely supportive community. Um, it it is a very much like a lift you up type of feeling. And a lot of women don't normally have that in other aspects of life, but we realize we're all fucking weirdos. Um, and what we love to do is very masochistic and it's very, odd and strange and nobody outside this little bubble gets it half the time um but the women inside the bubble do get it and um it's a really great supportive place for women to be um and it's and that's only growing so i think that's really another cool thing to remember that's about it i think we can call it there sweet good show awesome Thanks thank you so much okay. for thank you. yeah okay. absolutely it's fun man this, this stuff is fun to talk <laughs> Right. Well, we'll catch up with everybody next week then, I guess. Oh, next week. Thanks, Jen. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting 
supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.